from the Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona, that Gore presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Gavin Ekstrom and Aaron Denton. Today's topic, being an overdoer, catering to your clients and VIPs. We're live. We're ready to go. How was the first class? Good. We hope to deliver the same response. So, uh, first off, I want to make sure you're in the right class. This is the class for overdoers, for clients and VIPs. Are we in the right class? All right, good. Turn to page 60. So I got to tell you about this man to my right, because he is the second reason why we have this class. And we'll get to the first reason later. But I had the opportunity to, and, and oh, by the way, this is his first breakout class. Yeah. So we'll give him a little bit of time, but not a lot. Of, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, listen. So uh, the coaches retreat was in Colorado this year, which is where I'm from. And it was, it was phenomenal. And uh, I got to spend some time with Aaron Denton. And one thing that I learned about Aaron, not only is he big in stature, he is just calm, cool, and collective. Like, nothing rattles this guy. Even showing up at 9.05 to breakfast. And if you're around Rick and you show up five minutes late, what does it cost you, Kevin? A thousand bucks a minute. So, Rick calmly said, hey, it's your first time. What do you charge you? Two? Two grand. Two grand. So I see him later and I say, hey, congratulations. He said, no, like... We were just up in the room enjoying our time together, and I knew something was going to happen, but I frankly didn't care. <laughs> I'm like, welcome to the club. So, uh, without further ado, Mr. Aaron Denton, take it away. Oh boy. Thank you, guys. Uh, so, I just got to get it out there right away. I'm terrified up here. I'm actually, I, I'm better than terrified. I'm like just slightly freaked out. So, um, as Gavin mentioned, my first class here. Um, you know, I had a call with Gavin a couple months ago about what this class was going to be about, and he asked me, you know, well, why are you an overdoer? And my immediate response was, well, I like to win. And that's true. I love winning, right? Does everyone agree? Like, winning is, I think, one of the most fun things that you can do in life. Um, but, uh, you know, over the last couple months, I've really thought a lot about it. Um, and I think it's the skill that really, you know, I mean, it's an honor to be on this stage right now. Um, I remember, I think my first event was at this venue eight years ago. Uh, and I remember sitting out in one of those chairs. Uh, for the, those of you who remember me back then, I was about twice this size. I weighed about 365 pounds. Uh, I was flat broke. Uh, had a broken business. Had been doing mortgages for about 10 or 12 years, 10 or 11, somewhere in there. Um, and just saw these guys on the stage and just... Didn't believe I could do it. Um, you know, I, I'm not smart as these guys, definitely not as good looking as these guys, um, and, you know, don't have the discipline to do it. Um, and fast forward to today, um, you know, being a part of this program, being a part of this group uh, has given me the confidence, has helped me, you know, overcome some of those false beliefs that I had in my head um, and propelled me to, you know, to be up here. So it's an honor to be in front of you guys. Uh, hopefully what we share today... Um, you know, I was trying to explain to Gavin, I was like, how do you teach a class about being an overdoer? For me, it's just, it's kind of like breathing. I don't really think about it. It's just kind of how I show up and how I want to make people feel and how I want the experience to be. Um, and Rick will probably kill me for this next part. Um, but my first four years as a student in the Corps, I think I might have completed my theme days 
maybe four times in four years. Uh, and I think it was a lot of just going over the top, uh, creating a vision, um, getting my team involved in fulfilling that vision, how we wanted to take care of the clients, how we wanted to take care of the agents. Uh, as I've developed leadership skills, how to apply those same things and catering to my team, taking care of my team, growing the team. So hopefully what we have to share today uh, is a value. I hope everyone gets some nugget that you walk away from. And um, so I'll kind of turn it back over to you, Gavin, get us started, and we'll walk back and forth here. So reason one, Aaron Denton, right? Rick alluded to it earlier today when he went out to see Aaron. Aaron had his the right candy, the right coffee, met him at the airport with signs that said, Rick, Rick, Rick. Like, it sounded like the high school cheerleading team might have been there as well. How many kids do you have? Four boys. Four boys. Okay. So um, the second reason is raving fans. And I don't know about you, but the last time I read raving fans was a couple years ago. And so one assignment I would tell you is pull that book out and reread raving fans. There were three main topics in the book raving fans. Does anyone remember what they were? I wrote them down in case you forgot. Yeah. Hey, what, what do you want? That's the vision. To be an overdoer, I think you have to, I think you have to be a visionary. Right? What does your ideal client look like? This is a great room because we have both lenders and realtors. Right? So, what does your right lender relationship look like? What does your right agent relationship look like? Right? So, we're going to work on the vision of it. Also, what do they want? What does your client want? Do we know what our clients really want? Or do we deliver on what we think they want? And then the last is, who's going to do it? We're not asking you to do it, right? This room is full of a a ton of top producers. we got to find that right person that can execute on our vision. Does that make sense? All right, so... Just so we make sure at the end of this, we score a 10 and no less than a 5. I want to know, or we want to know, and Aaron has better handwriting than I do. What do you want to get out of this class? Show of hands. More fun and more money. More fun, more money. Good? Yes. Good. Good. We'll help you with that too. Do you have a VIP list? Okay. Good. Are you getting all this? I'm, I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> Increased conversion. More CCRs. What's the benefit of being an overdoer? Better connection, better quality lead. Would you guys agree? Good. I got to play this for you. Hope it works. Follow my VIPs and you're on the list. Listen, you've always been a great, great earner, but now you're a great, great guy and you're somebody that I'm proud of and love.
love having you represent the Corps, and I think you represent what I want to be, a godly man, a good man, a hard worker, a good earner, a good teacher. Uh, second, I'm super excited to see you talk live. I know last time you got cheated because it was virtually. Have fun. Tell your story. Give a lot of tactics. You're one of the best loan reps I've ever seen, one of the best branch managers. And third, Christ, you got me in trouble. You gave the greatest flowers my wife has ever got in her life. You made my flowers look minuscule. You killed me on my anniversary. Don't overdo me anymore. See you, buddy. So, that was before I got to speak at the Mega, right? And so it was a little old, but that's a voicemail that I consistently play, right? How to, do, how to be an overdoer and score a whale. There's a whale in here that I work with, and I'm going to talk to her a little bit about that and what that looks like. So thanks for being here, by the way. All right, good. Is that enough? If we did that, can we at least get one more? Good. That's a good one. Okay, I like it. All right, so if we do that, can we agree that we get either a 10, but no less than a 5? The 5 is the highest you can rate, so we'll take that too. All right, good. Well, let's jump into it. Um, I want to ta- do some table work. I want to talk about you understanding your vision and what it is that you truly want in your business. So, maybe talk about what your ideal client is. And you remember Josh earlier today said our ideal client is who? Or our number one client is who? Team. So we've got to integrate what we're doing today. Our team's got to be a part of it. Then your referral partners, right? Your agents, your referral partners. And then also um, your client. So I want you to take one, maybe two, Come up with an idea of what your ideal client looks like, and then uh, I want you to share it at your table. We're going to go around the room to kind of get an idea and get the class going, okay? All right, go ahead. So, who's got something they want to share We've, I don't know if you can see him, but he's standing up. How? He's got the microphone. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Uh, my ideal client trusts us in the process. They value the best experience. They refer us because we're providing that level of service. And whenever we're not, they provide us with valuable, honest feedback. And Beautiful. He pointed out that that can also relay to our team members. That's why they work there Good. as well. Um, what I said is I'm looking for my ideal client is someone that can refer 10 transactions to me a year and I enjoy doing life with them in the process. Good. That's a good one. Go ahead. The ideal client for us would be someone that's coachable during the process. Good. All right. A couple more. Someone that was referred the correct way. That is so important. And agents in the room, Right. <laughs> If you want to have a higher conversion, refer the lender. Let me say that one more time. The lender the right way. If you want to get a loan in today's market, the only way to do it is with Aaron Denton. That's how it needs to go, Athena. 
All right. Insert Gavin, though. All right. One more in the back. Well, what I want is to close on time every time with no pain. And um, I found that I'm not getting there because the team that's providing that's not being taken care of properly. So I got to take care of my team so they can take care of the client. Love on your team. They'll love your clients. Yep. Agents want attention and an easy, predictable process. Is it that hard? Right? Now, one of my best agents is in the room. If you don't think that I have been on the naughty list with her... One of? Huh? One of. Yeah. Yeah, she's up there. If I tell her she's the best, then she won't, like... But, so, literally, have we had the conversation where I have said to you, write me up, but don't fire me. This is true. I... Hi, I'm Kimberly Austin. I work with Gavin. Um, I've been working with Gavin, what now, three years, Gavin? Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, the reason I'm in this class is Gavin is living what he's teaching today, and I think we could all learn something from him. Uh, about two years ago, I was fostering a baby, and Gavin was one of three people who gave us a baby gift, and it just meant the world to us. And on top of that, Gavin knows my favorite flower. Every time I come to the summit, I have my favorite flowers in my room. It's insane. Time out. (laughs) Did you guys hear that? And was it just this time or every time? Every single time. Every single time I come to the summit, I have my favorite flowers in my room. And I don't even have to look at the card anymore because I already know it's from Gavin. On top of that, he knows my favorite musician he calls me and says hey Kimberly are you going to the Eric Church concert wait what Eric's in town yeah I've got tickets if you'd like to go to Eric Church I've got some tickets I'm thinking oh my god how do I know he's not in town and just to say he knows what I like he knows who's important to me in my life it's just been amazing so when you go through those bumps and we've had a few bumps I'm not perfect. He's not perfect, but he owns his problems. And he says, you know, Kimberly, I know you're not happy with what happened, but let me just say we're all human. We all make mistakes. And this is what we're going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. Thank you for being honest. Yeah, I'm not perfect. Aaron's not perfect. None of us in the room are perfect. And agents and lenders, write me up. Don't fire me. You'll go through so many lenders if you just hold them to that one mistake, right? Write me up. Don't fire me. All right. So the second part, what do they want? Like we're going to talk about tactics and such, but what truly is it that your client, your employee, your referral partner, you know, we talked about agents wanting an easy, predictable process, but what is it that they really want? Have you thought about that? So at your table, because this is interactive, I want you to think about what is it truly that under all of those categories, or just pick one, what is it that they truly want in the experience with you? And relate that also to your vision somewhat. Go ahead.
guys. Let's bring it back. All right, let's go around the table. I want to share. I want you to share. What is? What do you think it is that your client wants? I would say for me, my ideal client wants expertise. They want a connection. They want higher level advice. Good. Uh, we just. I'm a realtor, and we have lenders at the table. So I was the client, and <laughs> our, as an ideal client, we want our lenders to close on time and communicate well. Good. I'm thinking of the team, Gavin, when I think, what does my client want? What does the team want? Do they want a stable place to work, a fun place to work? Do they want opportunity for advancement? Or do they just want to be a part of something bigger than a daily grind to close a transaction? They want all of it. Yes. And if you don't have core values (laughs) that you hire and fire to, you're missing it. Do the right thing. Do your very best to show people you care. That's the core values, right? In my branch, we have core values. Uh, the acronym is LEGIT. Loyalty, energetic, growth-minded, impactful, and team player. I'm going to only hire people that are loyal to me because I'll be loyal in return. So those, those individuals that bounce around, they're just not for me. Energy. I'm going to bring energy at the highest level every single day, even when I have a bad day, at home, I'm going to leave it at the elevator. Growth-minded. The position you're in today is not the position you're going to be in tomorrow, so be prepared to grow. Impactful. What we do impacts the lives of the people that we work with, but also those individuals that work with us. And then lastly, team. Anything worth creating takes another person. Think about that. Anything worth creating takes another person quit doing it by yourself my ideal client um in relationship with me wants to be heard known valued cared for safe and loved Woo! i like it you got something to add any other questions about that or any comments all right Cool. So I'll kind of take you guys back in time uh, when I first got into this program. Um, you know, I'd been in the business for 11 years, was doing it all wrong. Uh, actually, when I applied for coaching, I got turned down. I interviewed with Rick, and he was nice about it in a Rick kind of way, uh, but basically told me I wasn't ready, and, uh, you know, he didn't feel like the program was ready. For, I was ready for the program. I was a refi guy. Uh, I was spending over a million dollars a year on direct mail, Internet leads, um, so he just said, hey, you know, you seem like a sharp guy. You know how to close a lot of loans, but I just don't think you're a good fit for the program. There wasn't level one and two back then. It was just CDs. Um, so, you know, good example of overdoing it. Uh, I waited about two weeks, and I had to get in the program. I was miserable. I was working 100 hours a week. Um, you know, I had a wife who was probably falling out of love with me because I was obsessed with the business. I was never around. I had kids that didn't know me. Because uh, I was always working. Um, so I made a bold move, and uh, unannounced, I hopped on an airplane. I flew out to Rick's office. I showed up with no appointment and uh, met him in his lobby and uh, said, you know, you're right, sir. Uh, you know, my business model sucks. I don't know what I'm doing. This is exactly why I need to be in this program. Um, so he respected that I showed up out there, invited me out to dinner. Uh, we hit it off at dinner. Turns out we're uh, alumni. We both graduated from the University of GED. Uh, so we kind of hit it off on that. <laughs> um, 
And he invited me back over to his house, and I kept that poor old man up till 2 o'clock in the morning until he agreed to let me into the program. Uh, the conditions for letting me into the program is I had to 100% surrender. I had to go back home. I had to start from scratch. I had to cancel every marketing contract, every agreement I had. Uh, he specifically told me even if my own mom wanted to refi, I couldn't do any refis. I had to 100% surrender to his plan. So one of the first books he gave me to read was Raving Fans. So, you know, when I read this book, like, it was scripture for me. Like, this is how I had to build my business. So part of that was creating a vision of what did I want it to look like. And he explained to me the importance of catering to the client, of making people feel special, of standing out among the rest of the competition, the other lenders that were out there, not just with the borrower, but with the agents as well. So, you know, the tactics I can give you around that, you know, I remember I sat down with the couple team members I had at the time, and we just got creative. What did we want the experience to be? What did we want the, you know, the client to feel like? How did we want to make people feel appreciated? What were some ways that we could really uh, just differentiate ourselves? So I'll give you some examples, and some of it doesn't work now. You know, back then, that's when you met everyone face-to-face. But hopefully I, this will give you some ideas that you can go back and in today's world of Zoom meetings and things along those lines and things that you can implement. Uh, but we went <clears throat> all the way out. Um, so, you know, what we and what our vision was is when a client came to our office, we had a, a TV in the lobby, had their name on it. Welcome, you know, welcome and welcome to the office. Uh, when they came in, they were greeted by our greetings partner. Uh, we had fresh baked cookies for them as soon as they walked in the door. We also had a menu of some drinks and snacks that they could choose from. Uh, when they came in, you know, when they came into the meeting, uh, we had the all about you form um, and had them fill that out. Uh, but we just walked through what we wanted the entire experience to be like. Uh, one of the positions that we created uh, at the time and something that we still do today is what's called a client concierge. Uh, and it's a lot of, you know, if you guys are looking for the lenders out there who are looking for things to really grab an agent's attention and for you agents who are looking for great ideas to get your lender to do, hopefully you would appreciate this. But we have somebody on our team and their only job is to cater to the people who are currently in contract and process. Uh, and what they do is they sit down with the client. What we found in dealing with all these clients uh, is, you know, obviously it's an emotional process buying a home. It's a roller coaster. You have people who are normally pretty sane and stable who can really freak out along the way. Uh, what we found out is that most people uh, aren't necessarily concerned or stressed out about all the things they know they, they need to do. It's about all the things they feel like they're forgetting they need to do. So we created a checklist of literally everything that you need to do when you're buying a home. Uh, what our concierge does is goes through that checklist with the client. Uh, number one, it gives them peace of mind. They now know that they have everything covered. And what that concierge's goal is is to take as many of those items off of their plate as possible. Uh, so our concierge will help them get moving quotes, line up and coordinate the move, uh, help them get the utility switched over onto, from the old home to the new home, get the paperwork registered uh, to register kids in the school, uh, find the right daycare for them. Uh, we found the right, you know, peewee football team or basketball team for the kids. Uh, it's just an added touch. But I guess the overall point is it was us sitting down and creating the vision. Who do we want to be? How do we want to show up? How do we want to differentiate ourselves? So, you know, my recommendation would be to go back with your team. And even if you already have a process in place, uh, I think it's very valuable to sit down a couple times a year and revisit the process. Yes, sir. Yes. The question was, do you still use that concierge list? 
Can you send it out? Absolutely. Yeah. What are you paying that concierge? Uh, I mean, I know it varies market to market. I think we're 17 bucks an hour and she gets uh, $10 a closing and it doubles if we get a five-star review. That's good. And at what point in the transaction do you do that? And what percentage of people, like how often do people really go there? Are there people that just don't want to do it? Yeah, and I, I, I would say probably only about 30% of the clients really utilize the concierge. Uh, again, for the lenders, when you, when you meet with a new agent um, and you explain all those things you do, I mean, by a show of hands, how many agents here have wanted to do something like that but haven't had the bandwidth, you know, um, haven't had the time to implement it in place? How great is it when your lender takes care of it for you? So for a lender, it's a great way to get your foot in the door with an agent. It's a great way to add additional value. And in my market, nobody else does that. Do you, yes, Dan. Do you know any real estate agents that do that? Uh, so the question is, do we know of any real estate agents to do that? Uh, I've had a couple who copycat us now, um, but... Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that, at the end of the day, you know, again, when I first sat down and I'm trying to build this thing, I'm trying to build it literally word for word for what raving fans told me. Um, and that's what I wanted. I didn't just want satisfied clients. I didn't want agents who were just happy that we closed on time. I wanted people who were just like, wow, these guys are great. Uh, that's part of my, you know, process when I meet with a new agent. Uh, you know, we were talking about what do our clients want? For me, I didn't make it a guessing game. I mean, I've probably had, I don't know, a thousand face-to-face, one-on-one meetings with agents now. Uh, and we all know the questions we're asking. What's important? Why is that important to you? What do you want it to look like? How do you want it to work? But, you know, those weren't just notes to give the pitch back to the agent. You know, probably the majority of what we do on my team is feedback from the agent, sitting down with our client that we're serving and finding out how did they want to be served. Uh, one of the big questions I ask is, what's something that a lender could do that would just blow you away to where if this lender did that, you would never use anybody else? And those are where I got some of the greatest ideas. Honestly, I think that's probably where the start of the concierge service came from. Good. That's execution, right? That's how you execute it. So we have the ideas, but who's going to execute it? So we have several forms that I don't think we execute at a high level. The one I want to touch on is the all about you form. And it's it. the reason that this All About You form makes more sense is because it will lead to more referrals. And what I mean by that is if you go to not the first page, but the second page of the All About You form on page 66. Yep. So I'm going to role play with Aaron as if I was in a loan application and Aaron was my client. We've done all the the uh, well, I'll, let me let me do this. Let me back up. How I use the All About You form to get it completed 70% of the time during application is I simply say, hey, Aaron, during this next few minutes, I'm going to ask you some questions that pertain solely to you getting approved. And then I just want to get to know you better. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. So I got his buy-in, right? I have all of his information. I know Olivia. I know his kids. When I get to the kids, because I have that on his 1003, that's the loan application in case you agents didn't know. But when I get to the, when I get to that part, I say, Hey, Aaron, how many children do you have? Four. Four. What are their names? Uh, Riley, Tanner, Tucker, Walker. Good. And, uh, how old are they? Uh, 13, 14, or no, I'm sorry. 12, 13, 14, 21. Good. Any pets? <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to know about goats and chickens. Have? I just want like puppies. <laughs> yeah, we have three dogs. Three dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, 
uh, very large, medium, and small. We have a Great Dane, a Boxer, and a Chug. Wow. wow, what a combination. Hey, so listen, when, you're, when you are um, coming home and you've had a stressful day at work, and the kids are running crazy and the dogs are acting up, what's your go-to cocktail? Oh, bourbon. For sure. Bourbon? Yeah. What kind of bourbon do you like? Now you're talking I'm like... Buffalo Keith. Trace guy. Buffalo Trace. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Good. I know where he lives. I'm filling out that part. I get to his, his uh, employment. Hey, Aaron, when you're driving to work and there's a Duncan's or a Starbucks, do you stop at either one or you stop at the local coffee house? I'm a gas station coffee guy. Gas station 7-Eleven or Circle K? <laughs> Ask the question. Right? Like, he, well, go ahead. I don't think we have either in Ohio. But oh, okay. We're speed, Speedway. Speedway. Good. All right. Speedway. Hey, listen, when we're all done with this, and you get in your house, and you and your wife go out for the celebratory dinner, where are you going to go for dinner? Uh, Jeff Ruby's. What was it? It's a steakhouse. What did you say it was? Jeff Ruby's. Jeff Ruby's. Good. And hey, dude, what are you going to get? Uh, I, I like the strip. New York strip. Good. And then will you get dessert? I'm not really a dessert guy. Okay, cool. What about a nice glass of cab? Love cab. All right, good. Did I fill out most of it? Did it take me that much longer? Was it somewhat fun? Now you will get a client that says, I ain't interested in this. Don't change your process. If they don't want to get it, then there's other ways to get it through your Tuesday status calls, right? Hey, how did I know about the celebratory dinner? I was sitting at, at um, Del Frisco's with my son, and here comes this couple, two older couple and their, their son, and I overhear them say, I just closed on a mortgage and we're here to celebrate. So I'm like, my, you guys know about the reticular activator, right? It doesn't work with just cars or pregnant women. I have six <laughs> kids, so you, you guys get it, right? So anything, think about it. Now we're programming you so you're going to start becoming an overdoer just by seeing things that you otherwise didn't see. There's no better place uh, that does it better than the core concierge. Every little thing that you can think of is done. There's, there's powder up there. There's drinks up there. They think about everything, right? So when I heard them talking about that, I'm like, how do I implement that into my process? So here's what I want you to do. Well, I got to get to the second part of the, the um, All About You form. When I'm talking to Aaron, my client, hey, Aaron, I'm going to ask you a, a series of questions. I want you to answer them yes or no. And then when I ask you that question, you answer yes. I want you to rate them on a scale of t one through ten, okay? Absolutely. Aaron, do you have a CPA? I do. How would you rate them? Oh, he's a ten. He saves me a ton of money. Ten. I need to get his information, so remind me before you leave that I get his info, okay? Oh, happy to share it. Hey, do you have an insurance agent? Uh, yeah. Huh. How would you rate them? Uh, maybe like a six. A six. Would you be open-minded to me referring Kylie, my insurance agent, to you? I would love one, yeah. Hey, great. Let me just do that real quick. Hey, Kylie, meet Aaron. Aaron, meet Kylie. Kylie, take care of Aaron. He's buying his first house. He's a little nervous, but I know you'll take great care of him. Boom. Then I just go down the list because all I'm doing is conditioning him for what? How to refer me. So then when I get to the we need your help form 
And I say, here are the four things that I'm going to deliver on. Close on time, close accurately, communicate effectively. And the fourth thing is the overdoer. I'm going to go above and beyond for you during this process. For one thing in return, Chris, do you want to know what that one thing is? All right, listen, I've been working with Kimberly Austin for the last three years. Okay, I want to stay working with Kimberly, so I need your help. On average, I get three to six, three to four referrals, excuse me, three to four referrals during the transaction that I then can refer back to Kimberly. If we deliver on all four of those promises, would you be willing to refer me? Good. Now, the key is, is to consistently follow up on that. On your Tuesday status calls, hey, did I deliver on one, two and three and four? Right. We just started doing that. We're getting her referrals. We're cementing that relationship. That's part of being an overdoer, right? Does that make sense? Good. Close on time. Close accurately. Communicate effectively. But the fourth one is to go above and beyond during this transaction. Right? If you're not saying that to the listing agent as well when you're making that listing agent call, you're missing it. Because the key for you and that listing agent is to make the transaction easy for he or she and the seller. And you've got to use that terminology. All right. So execution. So that's how we execute on the all about you form, which is I I gave you both the all about you form and the we need your help. Right. So if you're not executing it that way, I think you're missing a big opportunity. Now, we've been told to send the all about you form to who? Huh? Who do we send it to? The realtor, right? But here's the thing. No offense, realtors. Unfortunately, they don't know how to use it. So what we do is we take care of it for them. So what we will do is off the all about you form, right? We will put together a little care package and we will deliver it to the agent's office with our card and the agent's card and a little sign that says we're here just to get to know you better. And it's everything that I can do for them off of the all about you form that I've asked Aaron. Now, um, I'll ask them, hey, when you're out looking at property, when it's time to write the offer, what's the go to drink? So I had a guy who said White Claw. So I put two White Claws in there. Um, hey, when you're out looking, you're not going to be able to go to sit down and eat dinner. Where do you want to go? Well, we've never been to an In-N-Out Burger, right? So I put a little gift card for In-N-Out Burger. Um, hey, how do you like your coffee, right? I like Starbucks. This is how I like it. So I write it on there. So then when Kimberly takes them out to show them property, they've, she knows what she needs to do to what? Wow them. And isn't that what an overdoer is, is we're simply wanting to wow them at the highest level. Does that make sense? Good. Is anyone else using the all about you form that way? You are? No. Oh. No question. Did you get to this stage, like, because you're explaining a process that's truly like, wow. Was it one thing, is it like 10 years or is it like? Well, it's a great question. So he asked me, hey, how did you get there? Right. What, what did you do to get to this point? Um, I think it was over time. My background is Nordstrom. So I worked at Nordstrom. Right. And so I learned how to take care of the client, how to cater to the client. And here's and then and then it was just the reticular activator. Like 
even at the hotel, you know what my favorite thing is? Just when they fold the little toilet paper. They don't have to do that. It doesn't cost them anything else to do that, right? But here's the other thing I'll tell you, is as you become an overdoer, your team will become an overdoer, your wife will become an overdoer. And then let me just read you this. Dear Sebastian, thank you so much for spoiling me with coffee over the past two weeks. It's so thoughtful and kind of you to think of me. Each time it's a blessing. Love, Miss Blood. I was going through my nine-year-old's backpack and I saw this card and I said, hey, Sebastian, tell me about this. And he's like, well, I saw the coffee cup and I saw what she drank. And so then I asked mom every time to school when mom got coffee to get Miss Coffee, coffee for Miss Blood. So, I mean, it's kind of ingrained in you. You start to learn how to do this and then you don't want to stop because it's fun and it builds connectivity, right? So, um, how are you using the All About You form? Any questions about that? Yeah, in the back. Good. Here's the thing. System, structure, process, right? Most important? No. The key ingredient that we all miss on that is the people. We are in the people business. We are 95% people, 5% stuff. If we can articulate our vision and what the client wants to the person that's going to execute it, he or she will execute it at the highest level. Kimberly. just get me a baby gift it was personalized with the baby's name on it and to know that information that's going above and beyond and just hits the heartstrings and so I never once gave an all about you form to Gavin not once he found out this information through his team and through just conversation on the Tuesday update calls hey if you were going to go blah 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 I'm like why is he asking me this and I just answer it without realizing it so he sneaks it in during conversation don't send it to lenders. Don't send it to your agents. Don't send it to your clients. Fill it out for them. They're not going to fill it out. Yeah. On our team, our, the level of volume we're doing is, you know, sometimes 700 transactions with both sides. How do you take this information and now catalog it? Because we could have in one month 40 to 50 birthdays that we need to organize. So we have it on paper right now, and we're taking it and putting it in Google Spreadsheets. But do you, what is the system that you use that says, oh, Steve and Mary, who I haven't really dealt with in a while, has an anniversary. And, you know, uh, my client from two years ago, his kid's birthday is tomorrow. How do you, you get a system that now kind of tells you here's the next event? You've got to pick and choose, right? Your VIPs like you can't. Here's the thing. I can do anything. Write this down. I can do anything. I can't do everything. So I got to pick and choose of who this is going to go to. Who do I really want to get in relationship? Because to be honest, there's people that I don't want to send flowers to. Right? So I pick and, I'll pick and choose. Um, but I do use Salesforce. I use Big Purple Dot. Um, those are probably the, the main. But truthfully, is it's someone else's job to do this. 
If you don't have an integrator on your team, somebody who's the concierge that can go in and do the implementation, you all are visionaries. Don't get stuck in the weeds, right? So give them, give them the objective and tell them why this is important. Tell them what you're seeing. Go execute on it and bring back to me what you think. And I'll, then we'll correct it. That's how we operate. But we do have a process for it. If you actually look in the, the book there, um, our process for uh, our 100-day pre-approval follow-up plan and our 10-week agent uh, plan is in there as well. Now, I'll tell you, um, the most effective part of our 100-day pre-approval plan is you'll see the list of videos that go out. They're pre-recorded. But those videos go out to every single client during the process. Yeah. Uh, Vidyard. How are you executing on the All About You form? Um, well, specific to your question, you know, tactics and, you know, how's that happen in the office, right? Uh, so for us, uh, I meet with my concierge. We meet the last, I think it's the last Wednesday of every month. We had to correct that. We used to meet the first part of the month, and then we would miss all the early birthdays. Um, so we just meet the last Wednesday of every month. We go through the calendar for the following month, all of the birthdays, VIPs, agents, past clients. Um, if I'd somebody I know personally, you know, we have the All About You forms there. To answer your question, same thing. Everything's in Salesforce. Uh, so we get the list of, uh, you know, all the birthdays. She prints out. They're All About You form. We go through that list. It's probably about a 45-minute meeting. Uh, and I'm either giving her a price range or a specific item. Um, so, you know, if I'm reading all about you form, nothing really stands out. I give her a price range of what to spend. Uh, if there's something on the all about you form, a personalized gift, then, you know, we're, we're going that route with it. Good. Questions about the all about you form? How many lenders? Do you, go ahead. Yeah. So we send the pre-approval letter, the all about you form, the RX form, and the fourth form is the we need your help to, to the agent. Even if we don't get a referral at the time of application, we write NA, I want the team to be in the habit of asking for it. And then writing NA is not very much fun, right? So we want the team to be in the habit. And so they get that. That's what the agent gets. The reason we send the RX form is so then when they're out showing property, they don't have to call me and say, can they go to 650? Because the RX form that we have shows the where they're comfortable and then where the max is, right? So then they know. So then the only calls that I get from Kimberly on the weekend are, hey, will you call this listing agent? How many of you guys still call listing agents? Do they answer? Barely. Rarely. How many of you send a video? Good. I send a video. Here's how the video goes. Hey, Aaron, it's Gavin. I'm with Cross Country Mortgage. Kimberly Austin just sent you an offer for Steve and Kristen LePoe. I got to tell you about them. Let's start with their credit. First off, out of a possible 850, minus 50 points, and there's their credit score. Secondly, they've already been underwritten. What that means is that we've underwritten credit, assets, income. All we need is the collateral. So if you look at my pre-approval letter, it says pre-approval guarantee. This also means that we can close in 10 days or less 
but not less than eight. Um, if your seller would like that. Secondly, let me tell you about Kimberly Austin. There's three things I love about Kimberly. First off, her communication skills are the best. Secondly, her reputation in our industry is by far the best I've ever worked with. And the third thing, which is the most important in this market, she's not going to let it fall apart for anything weird. She's going to keep this contract together. Lastly, I'm with Cross Country Mortgage. I've been in the business 28 years. We've probably worked together at some sort of capacity. I hope that I get to work with you again. Now, listen, when you're representing this offer to your seller tonight, if you feel like the seller or you have any other questions, feel free to give me a call. Here's my number. Lastly, Highest and best doesn't always constitute commissions and proceeds. I hope we get the opportunity to work together. Boom. I attached that. I attached that winning offer. Right. And then I send it to the buyer's agent and the listing agent. And here's what they call and say, oh, my gosh, you really think that about me? Right. It's a it's a minute. Thirty seconds. We've had deals get accepted because of that. And when deals don't get accepted, I've had listing agents call me and say, hey, I want you to do that for my clients, right? What did that last part you said mean? What? Highest and best don't always constitute commissions and proceeds. Our offer might not be the highest and best, but I got you a guarantee. I'm guaranteeing that that transaction is going to get to the closing table, right? We're competing with cash on such a high level, Right? Sorry, got on a tangent there. Yeah. From an implementa- implementation standpoint, um, are you using, still using the paper all about U-forms, or do you have these fields programmed into your CRM? I have a, I have a digital uh, all about U-form, yeah. But, but um, if you guys want to get with the concierge, but yeah, I, use the, I don't care what you use as long as it's there, you know. And sometimes I will use paper. If, if I don't have it when they come in, right, my team will use paper to fill it out. Yeah. Yeah, we go digital first. We'll send it to them, you know, with the initial communication that we have. If they haven't filled it out when we do appointment, then we'll fill it out by hand or directly into the CRM. Good. Any other questions about that? I want to get into um, the pre-approved client and the gifting part of it because that's the fun part. That's the part I really like. I'm passionate about it. Here's what I will tell you. Consistency creates credibility. Yeah, you should write that down. Consistency creates credibility. In anything you do, if you're not going to be consistent, don't do it. The other thing I will tell you, if it's not a 10 for you in this room, if you're not passionate about it, you're not excited to do it, don't. Anything nine and less, I'm just not interested in. I want to do everything at a 10, right? Favorite quote, and I've heard you guys, if I'm coaching any of you, you've heard me say it a hundred times. Light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. (laughs) Many of us came to watch Rick, right? And he's the most passionate of us all. So, uh, pre-approval client. Some of these we got from the core, these, some of these that, 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 uh, we've developed. But these are, these are consistently being given out throughout the process that links with our 100-day plan. The simple one, we need some more clients like you. The all about you, you can see a picture of the box, right? Um, this is that exact one. I think the guy's name was Bruce and Kathy, but the, you can see the, 
In-N-Out Burger, the snacks, Uno, uh, sanitary wipes, white claw. So I told the agent, hey, when they ask for the white claw, that means they're ready to write an offer. If they're ready to write an offer, you hand them the white claw, right? Because I asked them, hey, when you're ready to write, what do you, what's the cocktail? Um, gas card. So during the process, we send them a gas card and we also send them five hour energy because they need that energy in this market. They're going to get beat up over and over and again. So we're, we're teaching them that. Um, the lotto ticket, extra gum, buyer's remorse pills. That's not funny. It's serious. So we send them buyer's remorse pills and a video goes with it. It is totally natural to have buyer's remorse pills during this process. So we send you a free bottle with unlimited refills. Here's the deal. When you're feeling a little remorse, take the green ones. Don't take the blue ones, men. Take the green. That was funny. Take the green ones and then call me or your agent and we'll help you through it. Right. So they enjoy that. We switched it when there was the fatigue in the market. We experienced that. Right. So we sent out to all of our agents buyer fatigue pills. A lot of your clients are fatigued in this market. Let's keep them. Let's keep them energized. Let's keep them going. And the same thing. It's totally natural to feel fatigue when you keep getting told no. Right. Client uh, pre-approval, client gifting, anything you're doing different than that. No, very similar. Um, when we're in the actual underwriting process, we are sending a gift to them at work. Um, you know, we, we either do cookies or fruit. Again, kind of going on the all about you form. The edible arrangements are typically a big hit. Uh, why do we send it to them at the office? Yeah, uh, you know, coworkers, wow, where'd you get that? Oh, I just got approved for my mortgage today. Uh, so very similar along those lines, but we're doing something at the pre-approval. Uh, clear to close, sending a celebration gift in as well. Uh, and then a part of what the concierge does is on moving day, finding out the date that they're moving, what time they're going to move, and then making sure they have beer and pizza there. Uh, so that's always a big hit as well. Good. Uh, moving kit, the uh, Berenstein Bears moving book. If they are, if they are um, under 12, we send that book. And the card goes to the kid, and it's signed, Your Future Lender. I'm not going anywhere. They're going to need me eventually, right? So we're just, again, we're just conditioning them. We're programming them. Uh, the cutting board, it's, it's branded to both the agent and the realtor. Um, we bought a Glowforge because we were tired of spending the money. And so we bought a Glowforge and brought it in. And it's amazing what this tool can do. So now we have, and I got this from Thomas. I don't see him in here, but you can literally take a puzzle and put the agent's face on the puzzle and then send all of the pieces except for one. So you like want to get him or her like right here, right? That last piece and say, I have the missing piece, right? Or I am the missing piece and then get them to call you to bring them that missing piece, right? It's just a way to stay in front of them. Uh, mill for the move. We do, we do pizza at the move. Why do we do that? Is so when they're sitting there and, and they've got all their buddies around and they're like, Hey, who brought the pizza? Oh, my lender did that and my realtor. Anything that we do, we co-brand with the agent. We never want to make the agent or us not look together. Does that make sense? Questions about that? Yes. Do you do that for the realtors that don't refer to you? Yes. Because I want what? I want the opportunity. 
right? If it's not a right fit for me, I've got enough loan officers in the branch that it might be the right fit for. And so I'll refer him or her to them. If the phone rings and I don't feel like I want to run through a wall to answer it, I don't want to work with them. I work with my friends, right? Question about the meal for the move. I did that for a while, and then I ran into issues where the delivery wasn't on time or there was some issue, and this is a lot of times on the weekends. And so how do you handle when you're dealing with a third party and you know they're expecting the pizza to show up, and for whatever reason, the pizza people are late, and you're like, oh, my gosh, so how do you? It's a good question. So you can give them a gift card, right? Or you can give them your DoorDash account, and you just switch your account after they order it. So you give them access to that. But we do the gift card because we've had that problem, right? It's it's five o'clock on a Friday and they're calling me asking where their pizza is. That's weird. Right. So. All right. Um, anything you want to add there? As far as the gifting goes, no. I mean, that's pretty, pretty spot on, similar to what we're doing. Uh, realtor gifting. This is some of the stuff that we've done for realtors. You know, those little charging cables that have like the four or five prongs to it. Um, it takes the right connection and communication to get to the closing table. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. We send that to the listing agent as well as the buyer's agent. If we haven't worked with them before, again, more clients, the buyer's fatigue pills, classic lotto ticket. If you're not sending podcasts or books you're reading to your realtors to listen to or your VIPs, you're missing it. I sent a ton of podcasts. Ed Milet, uh, uh, Greg Gale turned me on to Ed Milet years ago. And every Tuesday, I think Jane Floyd and Jane wakes up earlier than I do because she's two hours ahead. But it's like a race to listen to Ed Milet. So find that podcast and then send that out. Right. Just to keep you sticky. Uh, and then uh, Legos which are painful if you step on them with uh, no shoes on. But uh, let us help you build your business. So th- those are some of the realtor gifting ideas. W- what are you doing along those lines? Well, really to address uh, one of the questions we have here is, you know, gifting for, for whales. Um, you know, I, when, when I'm chasing around, it's very tactical for me. I do some research before I make the first phone call. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of social media stalking, uh, Facebook, uh, for your female agents, Pinterest is great. You guys pin all the things that you like and all the hobbies and, you know, uh, things that you collect. Um, but it's it's impactful gifts. Uh, you know, I'll give you a great example of uh, what is my biggest account has been in the last seven years. Uh, as a guy that uh, had pursued for months and just couldn't get my foot in the door, couldn't get my foot in the door. Uh, through Facebook, I think we found out he was a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, we found a website, I can't remember the name, but I believe it's in your handouts. Uh, but basically what you can do, we went on and ordered, it was a 12-inch Luke Skywalker Jedi doll, and you can upload a picture of whoever you want the face to be. Uh, so we sent the picture and basically got a 12-inch Jedi doll with uh, this agent's face on it, and I sent it to him and said, I would really love a meeting, we need to conquer the galaxy together. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, so after months and months of no return phone calls, not being able to get the meeting, immediately got the meeting. Um, and you look at that, and if you guys go on there, I think the doll, the doll was about 250 300 bucks. You're like, God, that's outrageous for somebody you're not even doing business with. Well, I did the math on it before I came out here. Uh, you're, you know, from the beginning of that relationship to today, uh, we're going to close over 100 deals with this agent this month. I'm sorry, not this month, this year. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but it's close to 700 deals that we've closed. My average revenue on a deal is $8,000. You guys do the math. Uh, it's $5 million in revenue over the last seven years on a $300 gift. And that's going over the top. That's being an overdoer. That was an impactful gift. Um, I, when I got to the meeting, I didn't even really have to sell anything. He was so blown away by the gift. Is Greg Galen here by chance? No? Yeah? Greg, I think uh, you texted me probably about four years ago, five years ago after I'd sent this gift. Uh, so this agent, he's a big Keller Williams guy. He's a mapped coach. And uh, I got a text from Greg one day, and he took a picture of a screen at a presentation, and my Jedi doll was on there, 2,000 miles out of my market. Um, so this big Keller Williams guy teaching a class, and, uh, you know, 2,000 miles out of my market was that impactful of a gift. Uh, and to your point, you know, there's been many times where it was, hey, write me up, don't fire me. And when you have that kind of impact, when you show you, you care that much, um, and there's been plenty of more Star Wars gifts along the way. That's what holds those relationships together. As Gavin mentioned, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. I make lots of mistakes. Um, but when you're really impactful, uh, people know that you take the extra effort to care. Um, that's what holds it together when things don't go well. Um, and that's what I do. You know, when I want to go after a new agent, uh, a whale, I'm going to do some research. What do they like? Um, and, and get a good personalized gift and make that the introduction. Uh, especially when you haven't been able to get past the gatekeeper or they already have a guy. I don't have time. Good. All right. Let's jump into uh, more fun, more money. Only do it if it excites you, right? If it's something you find fun in, like Chris Vincent likes to go ride razors. I'm so glad I didn't go with you. But more fun, more money. If, if it doesn't excite you, don't do it, right? And guess what? What this is going to do for you, it will lead to better quality leads. And isn't that what we want, is simply more leads. That's what this will bring for you. Um, tactics on overdoing it. How many of you got a tactic or two that you can go and implement right away? Not enough of you. Yes? All right, good. Any questions around tactics? What you found is that we don't do them. We come up with the idea, somebody is executing on them, it's somebody's full-time job. Yes? Budgets for size for referral gift, initial referral gift as they grow. I'm just trying to figure out initial budget as you're, trying to, as you're building those relationships. So our, we, I don't have it in front of me, but I think from start to finish, all the gifting we do to our buyers is like $162. And then we'll do we'll do a um, gift card to their favorite restaurant. I guess I mean like if I if I'm a realtor and I refer you my first client. Yes. What are you doing gifting wise for me or the VIP and they start sending you clients gifting budget for that person? Well, so I don't have a I don't have a gifting budget for let's say Kimberly Austin, right? I don't have a gifting budget for her per se. It's whatever she wants, whenever she wants. No Rolex and Gucci, but, but you know what I mean. She understands that. Like, I'm going to take care of her. I delivered her cookies uh, to her on her birthday to her house, right? So uh, it doesn't have to be expensive. What it, what it has to be is what? Thoughtful. But I, I want to point something out. She did show up to my house with birthday stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Other questions? Yeah. You had mentioned about meeting at a certain time for the next month on the birthdays. 
do do y'all have tactics uh, or how do y'all usually handle um, you know the marketing planning and, and things like that? I mean, do y'all do like a you know in December meet for the next year and then yeah. once a month have like a next month marketing on top of birthdays and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. So a couple things around birthdays. I get them a month before I get all the cards on my desk. I do them myself. Um, the second thing, any employee that I have that has children up to the age of 18, we send them a $2 bill, a little happy birthday, $2 bill. That was something that my mom did for me. Again, everything that I think about this, you've gone to a restaurant or you've gone somewhere where you've had just a great experience, right? How did you implement that into your business? And did you implement it into your business or did you forget to? So as I go around, it's like, how can I, like, I had a great experience. How can I implement what happened there here? Right? That's all I'm doing. I see how excited my wife gets when I send her flowers. So I'm like, wow, well, why don't I send them to this person and this person and this person? Right? Um, so birthdays. So uh, I'm doing them every single month, the month before. And it's just my assistant keeps it, keeps a record. And, uh, she also combs Facebook to see whose birthday it is in case we've missed it just to, to fill it up. Does that make sense? It, it does. I, I guess I also was referring to like any kind of events or anything like what is the actual, like who you're meeting with, when are you meeting to not just birthdays, but if you're going to do like a realtor event, things like that. Like okay. That planning aspect. Like yeah. So we do a marketing calendar for the whole year. So we just had a recently, we, we rented out a bar. I don't like country music, okay? I like Luke Combs, but I don't like anyone else. So um, I don't like country music. So the girls are like, hey, we're doing a CCM jam. And we're going to rent out uh, a, a bar. And we're going to have a bull ride. And, and we're going to have a band playing. And it's for our realtors and referral partners. And we probably had like 300 people there. It was catered. They had a good time. Um, but that was on our marketing calendar months ago. Right. And so it's the same thing. Like Santa's already booked. Does that make sense? So everything we do is in December for the following year. And what we do is rinse and repeat. We look at what we've done the year before and then we just do it again. And I'll tell you, if you're not doing anything for your employees at your home, you're missing it. We do a luau just for our employees at our house, at my house. And they love it. And then we don't allow them to bring the kids. It's just for them and their spouses to come hang out and have a great time. It's catered. There's a couple pigs. It's awesome. It's a good time. Um, does that help? Okay, good. Um, any other tactics that you guys want to know about overdoing it? Nothing. All right. Uh, what about overdoing it with your spouse? Well, we had that on the list. How did we forget yeah. that? Well, we just, we're such men. But, um, hey, so give a, give a couple of tactics around your spouse. What do you do for your, for your wife? Um, so, first and foremost, I think it's very important. Everyone is familiar with the five love languages, right? Because I used to do all kinds of stuff I thought was great, but it wasn't her love language. So, number one, identify what the love language is. Uh, for my wife, it's quality time uh, and acts of service. Um, so for me, it's, it's pretty easy. It's just making additional time for her, coming home early, surprising her. Uh, she loves when I leave her little notes, things along those lines, uh, dishes, you know. And I know that's nothing like over the top, but for her, that's what speaks to her. That's what makes her feel. Men, did you hear it? Dishes. 
I want you to want to do the dishes. My wife tells me that. So now I'm like, I'm doing, look, babe, I'm doing the dishes. I don't yeah, like cleaning to do up the after dishes. the kids, folding laundry. I mean, yeah. it's it, again, it's nothing over the top, but for her, that's what makes her feel loved. That what's make, yeah, makes it's her not feel appreciated. It's noticing that they they got their hair done, right? It's noticing that something looks really nice on them. It's just being a little more mindful, right? Uh, um, making them feel cherished does not cost money, right? It's holding their hand. It's telling them they look pretty and how much you love them and why Unless you married them. Unless their love language is gifting. That gets expensive. Yeah, no. I, yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because you talk about that. And, and I, I had done the gifting thing, and my wife's like, don't you teach on this? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, my love language is not gifting. And I'm like, that's going to save me a lot of money. <laughs> so, um, but, but increasing conversion. Here's the thing. If you think you're going to gift your way to a relationship... It's not going to happen because as we're talking about the love languages, right? Your clients have love, they have their language as well. So if you're consistently gifting them thinking that that's going to get referrals, it's not. I think what really gets a better conversion is asking better questions, doing the things that we're taught to do that we don't do. The wealth accumulator will get you a higher conversion, right? Going above and beyond will get you a higher conversion. Using the all about you form, asking for the business, not just once. You guys realize in today's uh, uh, world, it is 16 impressions that we have to get before we make a decision. Think about your Instagram feed. You guys, you see a, a certain item coming through, coming through. You don't look at it. You don't do it. You don't do it. You don't do it. And then on that day, you're like, oh, that looks cool. It's been through your feed like a hundred times you finally made the decision. So asking for a referral, most sales are made on the 12th to 15th attempt. We just never get there because we believe in the three strikes, you're out rule. Okay. Um, any questions on conversion? More CCRs. Yeah. The, and I learned this from Shudo that you got to ask, you want to make more money, ask better questions. Listen. Yes, Chris is smart. Want to make more money? Ask better questions. When you go into a department store and the salesperson walks up and says, hi, can I help you? What do you say? No, I'm just looking, right? But if I walked in and said, wow, that blazer looks really good on you. Come over here. I want to show you a couple more that I think you'd really like. (laughs) Would you follow me? Yeah. That's the same with the CCR. And Shudo says, hey, who do you know that still rents? Right? We don't ask that question. So we wonder why we're not getting CCRs. Who do you know that's still renting? Oh, I know Bobby. Hey, listen, could you imagine ever going back to renting? No. You like Bobby, right? Yes. Let's get him out of renting. How does that sound? Who else do you know? And then when it's the homeowner, it's, hey, what other homeowners do you know that could, val- that could have a benefit of us reviewing their situation to see if we could save them money every month? Or eliminate some of their obligations. Right? So we just, you want better CCRs, I think you've got to ask better questions. Does that make sense? No, I think it's about setting the expectation that that's, you know, that's what you want. Um, you know, part of our process when we're doing the initial consultation is explaining the business model. And we explain, we don't do any advertising, we don't do any marketing. Every client that we do business with came to us the same way that you got here, by referral. Uh, where that's a win for you is I can't just... Make it a good experience. You know, I have to make it an over-the-top experience. 
Um, you know, I want, when we're all done with this, um, to you just be, you know, blown away to the point to where you're going to tell everybody about it. And then that's where we deliver the commitments of what we're going to do. Um, you know, we explain that we're going to customize the loan exactly to what they want. You know, I think most lenders out there, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, 20%. They don't really dig deep. They don't really find out what the client wants. Uh, goes into the raving fans. What does your client want? Really digging deep, asking the questions. What are they scared about? What are they emotional about? Um, so when you dig deep with the client up front, you show them options that they weren't aware of. I think all of us have been doing this for so long, we kind of lose sight of the fact of how ignorant the client is, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but just how little they know about what the options are, you know, how that loan can be structured, how they can keep extra money in the pocket. So it's spending the extra time with them. It's really showing them how we can give them, you know, custom, custom fit the loan to what their needs are. Uh, explain to them how important communication is throughout the process, both internally between the agent uh, and, and the buyer, uh, and then, you know, with getting involved in the point of sale. Uh, that's been a big win for us is, is getting involved in that point of sale. When they're making an offer, we tell them, don't make the offer without calling us first. We're calling that agent, given a you know, similar script to what Gavin's doing in the video, uh, in our market, the listing agency we answer, I don't know. I know you guys are crazy out there. Um, but having that conversation um, and just kind of going through all the different ways that we add value. Uh, the concierge is a big thing that we sell. It's a huge relief for the buyer to realize, hey, I don't have to do any of these things. I can have somebody take this stuff off of my plate. So when we go through and we explain all the different value that we're going to add, we say, hey, that's our commitment to you. We only ask for one commitment in return. Very similar to the script that Gavin used. You know, we would like you to refer somebody over to us. But we also understand you're not going to do that if we don't blow you away, if you don't have a great experience in working with us. Um, and then again, it's, you know, you get the commitment from them. You also get your team trained to where they're having that conversation every time they speak with them as well on the Tuesday updates. You know, are we delivering on the commitments? Are you happy? Is there anything else that we can do? Is there any additional service we can provide? Uh, again, that concierge aspect, uh, it's a different relationship than what they have with your LP2s because we're not pounding them for pay stubs and tax returns and why did you make this deposit. It's more of a fun relationship with the client. So I think they're a little more open. And it's the concierge who really gets a lot of our CCRs because they're just dealing with them on a more personal level. Um, and then, you know, part of my theme days uh, on Wednesdays, I do what, are called, what we call post-closing calls. So I get a list of every loan that closed the week before. Uh, I'm calling the buyer and, you know, I'm just following up. Hey, it's Aaron. I know when we spoke up front, I explained how important to you, uh, how important to us it is that my team takes great care of you. I just wanted to get some feedback. Did we deliver on all of the promises? Typically, those calls go very well. They're super excited. They're a raving fan at that point. Uh, but if I've seen we don't have the CCR yet, the way I end that call is with an apology. I say, hey, I just wanted to apologize to you. I know I set some expectations up front. I know you had committed to refer somebody over to us if we met those expectations. I see here that we didn't get any referral from you. So I wanted to apologize that we didn't, didn't deliver, and I want to get some feedback as to what we could have done to earn your referral. Um, and typically, what do you think the response is? You right. did great. Oh, my God, no, you guys were absolutely fantastic. I'm so sorry. I forgot all about it. Actually, I was just telling Jim, my coworker, about you guys today. Here's his name and number. So I think with the CCRs, again, it's going to be above and beyond. For me, it's, you know, I know we talk a lot about getting more leads, but for me, it's really just a genuine, like, I have a big heart. I like to, I care about people. I want them to feel good working about me. I want them to share the experience with other people. I want to be impactful. Um, you know, I, I want them to come back to me. 
uh, you know, when you sign the card of, hey, your future lender to the nine-year-old kid, that's the type of impact I want to have on the family. That's the type of relationship I want to build. And I think it's just taking the extra time. It's, it's not making it transactional. And I think a lot of us over the last couple of years with how busy it's been, how crazy it's been, just how fast everything's raining down on us, I think we've kind of lost some of that relationship aspect of it. Uh, and for me, that's the overdoer part, right, is really digging deep, finding out how do I serve them. Um, you know, I mean, that's one of the questions that we ask. We tell them, hey, we want this to not just be a good experience buying a home. We want it to be one of the best experiences you've ever had working with a company. Can you share with me what that looks like for you? Uh, and a lot of times, you know, what their vision is is very narrow, but when you've created your vision for your team and how you want to deliver and how you want people to feel and how you want that to impact the business, and then they share their vision with you, you kind of overlay the two together and you have the exact game plan uh, as to how it's going to fit a replicatable model, how it's going to fit the team members that you have, how it's going to fit the systems that you have, but also at the same time include what's important to them to make them feel appreciated, to make them feel important. Uh, and that's where you get the repeat business. That's where you get the agents who are addicted to working with your team because nobody else does it better. Okay, real quick, share at your table one tactic that you'll take away and implement. We've got a few minutes left, left and then we'll go around and share. Let's get some tactics that we can implement immediately. Go ahead. Concierge list. Good. Concierge. I like the video to the listing agent. That's pretty big. Good. If you email Luke, my concierge, he has one pre-recorded that he can send you so you can see what that really looks like. I love the question, hey, who do you know that still rents? That's Good. worth the price of admission here. Yeah, would you ever go back to renting? Okay, don't let them. Yeah. Um, the four promises with a request for a CCR. And if you don't, if you'd, and asking those questions every Tuesday update if we're doing it. And then if we don't, get a CCR calling and apologizing. Here's how we do a CCR real quick. Ring, ring, Aaron. Hello. Hey, Aaron, got good news. What's that? I got your clear to close. Oh, finally. But there's two funding conditions. What's, oh, yeah? Yeah, so what a funding condition means is I need these two items before we can release funds for your closing. So when we first met, I said that, um, you know, we close on time, which we are. We're going to close accurately, which we're 100 bucks less than what I've told you. We're going to communicate effectively, which I've called you every Tuesday on time, yeah. as you requested. And then did you feel like we went above and beyond for you? Oh, you guys were great. Yeah, so the underwriter knows what our promises are and put on here funding condition Confirm that Aaron Denton gave us at least one referral. Get them to laugh, right? It's the same thing. Like, we just didn't do a good good job, right? And then they always, we always add, like, hey, the other thing is I need a five-star review. The underwriter is asking that we get a five-star review. We have over a 1,000 reviews online. 4.9, we're not perfect, but that's how we get them. It's one of the ways we get them. All right, go. Uh, Aaron's apology about uh, not getting his uh, post-closing uh, call script about getting the CCR. That was just money script. Almost wrote it down word for word. Loved it. Good. Thank you. Yeah, great job, guys. Uh, the weaving in of the All About You form in with the loan app. Yes. 
I'm going to ask you some questions that pertain to you getting qualified. I'm going to ask you some questions just to get to know you better. Is that okay? Get their buy-in. Is that okay? RX form with prequel letter when it goes out to the agent, uh, buying agent. Good. Yeah, if you're not, like, we all don't like to get bothered, right? Hey, do they qualify for this? If you're giving them the prescription for home ownership, you should give them where they're comfortable and where their max is. Hey. Hey, girl. How's it going? So our table as a whole decided that we loved the in the all about you form, giving the business contacts. I think we all take pride in having curated the best of the best when it comes to CPAs, financial advisors, like we're just saying contractors, everything. So why not provide that value and then use it as an opportunity to ask for the referral as well? Yeah, you're just conditioning them, but you're also building your vendor list for the future. Right. Yeah. So you can change that list to whoever you want, moving company, whatever it looks like. KP. Oh, I don't know. He's right there. I don't know if you have oh, a question. Sorry, KP. Put me on the spot. Uh, collecting the data during the application was my big takeaway. And getting buy-in. Can I get a little bit information from you? Like getting buy-in and that I think is really big. Yeah, I think so often we just go, 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 right? Would it, are you okay? You're getting there, but would that be okay with you? You're giving them full control. Good? good. All right. How do we do? Give it up for Aaron Denton in his first class. You've been listening to the Coors Sales Training Bootcamp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacortraining.com.